0: You're listening to Liberty Lighthouse. Join the conversation now. Call or text 64 Rights. That's 646-974-4487.
1: Welcome, my fellow patriots and freedom fighters. Welcome to the Liberty Lighthouse on Mojo 5 Radio. Today, we're going to talk a lot about, uh, well, we're going to talk about the environment. We're not going to talk about whether or not global warming exists. However, we're just going to talk about reduce, reuse, and recycle. We're going to break those things apart and see what really does work and what doesn't work. And well, you know, I do a lot of research and I found a lot of information and we're gonna talk about a lot of it and see if we can't come up with something better than what we got going right now. But uh well, got a lot of stuff to do, so why don't we just get started? You have just entered the
0: Liberty Lighthouse, where we cut through the fog of politics with common sense and logic, coming to you from Pennsylvania, the state of independence, and now, here he is, author of the book, Progress, Really? U.S. Navy Veteran, and your
1: host, Peter Serafine. Hey, before we get started, I want to remind everybody about the contest that we have going on. On September 30th, I am going to pull a name from a hat. And the name that I pull is going to get anything that they wish out of the Liberty Lighthouse store. And I think right now I've got, uh, five different designs of t-shirts and hoodies and, uh, tank tops, uh, a coffee mug because, you know, everybody has to have a coffee mug. A face mask, if you're going to be forced to wear a face mask, you can at least wear one with my logo on it. Uh, phone cases, and I'm sure I'll add more stuff by September 30th. But you might want to know, how do you get your name in that hat? Well, you get your name in that hat by going to liberty-lighthouse.com and click the support the show link. You start supporting the show, and uh, if you're on the list of supporters on September 30th, Your name is in that hat. Little uh, secret. On October 1st, you can cancel your subscription, and uh, that's perfectly legal. It is not against the uh, contest rules. So let's start the show. Um, I don't want to debate whether or not global warming is a thing, or I'm sorry, climate change is a thing. I don't want to debate whether or not mankind has impacted the environment. I think it's safe to say that mankind has impacted our environment. Whether or not we are the cause of climate change, well, that's up up for debate, but I don't want to have that debate right now. I want to talk about, well, what can we do to be good stewards of our planet? And are we doing enough to be good stewards of our planet? Are we, what we are doing, is it, well, is it effective? Is it useful? So we've all heard the phrase, reduce, reuse, and recycle, Right. Well, the first two there, reduce and reuse, that's stuff you can do yourself. You don't need anybody else. You reduce your your consumption. So if you're talking about heating fuel, for example, whether that's electricity or, or firewood or gas or whatever, reducing your own consumption is a, a, a good thing. Not only does it create less pollution, but it saves you money. So energy efficient windows save you money. Setting your thermostat a little cooler in the winter saves you money. These are all good things and they're not only good for your wallet, but good for the planet. So that's reduce. Uh, well, that goes for other stuff too. You know, if you, you buy a more efficient vehicle, reduce your gasoline consumption by getting better gas mileage. Lots of things that you can do yourself to reduce how much whatever you are using personally. So that's reduce, that's effective because you have control over it, nobody can force you to do it, and it benefits you and the environment. Reuse is the second part of our three word phrase, and well, again, that's one that you control. You can reuse items and use them, what do they call it, upcycling, reuse them in different ways. You can reuse the container that your your juice came in. You can reuse containers that any grocery item comes in. You can reuse bags. You can reuse a lot of things. And again, if you're reusing something that you already have and already paid for, that's helping your wallet and helping our planet. Like I said, we should be good stewards to our planet. and So reducing and reusing are both things that you can do yourself that benefit the planet and your own wallet. But there are still some things that you need to be aware of when it comes to reducing and reusing. Let's uh, focus on the reducing right now. So reducing, say, gasoline consumption. You want a more efficient vehicle. Lots of ways of doing that. There's the hybrid vehicles, there's electric vehicles, there's vehicles like mine. I have a, a Chevy Cruze Eco, and my Chevy Cruze Eco is a regular old gasoline engine. It's not a hybrid, but it gets probably almost as good gas mileage as a hybrid because the car was designed from start to finish with fuel economy in mind. So I get over 40 miles to the gallon in a regular old gasoline engine but I bought a car that's designed specifically for that. Now, if you look at hybrid vehicles, well, they're pretty good too because they're using a little bit of a gasoline engine to charge batteries that then run an electric engine that's in your car. So you switch back and forth between the electric engine and the gasoline engine when needed and they reduce your, your fuel consumption that way. There's a lot to talk about with those batteries, though. And we're going to get to that in just a minute. Before we get there, let's talk about electric vehicles. Now, electric vehicles are becoming all the rage. I live in a little town in the middle of Pennsylvania, and there's a local gas station that has like five or six of those Tesla electric vehicle charging stations. And I can honestly say I have never seen a Tesla in my town but there are the charging stations so electric vehicles sound like and look like a great way to reduce gasoline consumption don't they because you're not using any gasoline you're not using fossil fuels at all you're plugging your car into the power grid and charging batteries well where does that power come from in your power grid, when you plug in that vehicle. Here in the United States of America, the electricity produced that's in our power grids is uh, produced by 63% fossil fuels. So, eh, you've still made an improvement there. If your goal is to reduce your fossil fuel consumption, you have reduced it by uh, 37% when you switch over to an electric vehicle. The rest of our power is, well, 20% of it is, is uh, nuclear. And nuclear is it's, uh, you know, its a hot topic with some people, whether or not it's a safe energy source, whether or not it's considered a renewable energy source. It's quite controversial to some people. And the remainder, 17% of our electricity, is produced by renewable energy sources. So solar, wind, and hydroelectric. I think that's about it. There's geothermal energy, but I can't really use that to make electricity. There's wave power, but I haven't seen that be effective anywhere. So I'm going to say that that 17% is uh, wind, solar, and hydroelectric. So just because you got an electric vehicle, you went out and spent the money and bought your Tesla S, you have not completely been absolved from consuming fossil fuels. You're still using fossil fuels. You're just using 37% less than if you're using a gasoline engine. But there's side effects. Like a lot of things in life, there are unintended side effects and consequences. And one of those is the batteries. wait, before we start the batteries, I, I gotta gotta do a sound. Can you believe some people still don't
0: drive hybrids? I know. It's like Earth to America. Hello, This is simple stuff here, call. Well, from now on, I'm only gonna associate with other hybrid car drivers. Everyone else is just ignorant.
1: Good for you! At least we're smart enough to know better. Dinks. That, of course, is the South Park woke mob saying, "Hey, look, we're we're uh, well, we use hybrids, so we're better than you. You're stupid, and uh, how dare you drive that gasoline-guzzling, you know, internal combustion engine? Silly, silly stuff. Because hybrids still use electricity." And they have those batteries that we were just going to start talking about. So the Tesla S, an all-electric car, and it would be comparable to uh, most of the hybrid cars as well, they use lithium-ion batteries. And the Tesla S uses 25 pounds, roughly, 25 pounds of lithium in that battery. And that battery is warrantied by Tesla for eight years. So let's just say it'll last 10 years for, give them a little bit of a benefit of a doubt that it'll last longer than the warranty. What happens when that battery goes bad and you need a new battery? Of course, you have to go buy another battery that uses another 25 pounds of lithium. And the old battery, hopefully, gets recycled, but most likely doesn't. We'll talk about that in a little bit, too. So what else is in that battery? Well, one other compound in lithium-ion batteries is cobalt. So lithium and cobalt are two very important components to lithium-ion batteries. And uh, lithium batteries are the same battery that's in your laptop, it's in your cell phone, it's in just about anything that has a rechargeable battery to it nowadays. Lithium-ion has become the standard. So let's talk about where that lithium comes from. Lithium is mined as a salt, meaning it, it they get it from the ground as as a uh, crystallized like a salt type product, and then filter it away from all the other crap that's in the, that uh, it dried out with. So what they do is they bore holes in the ground and they put water into where this stuff is and basically pump it up to the surface and then let it sit in the sun for 12 to 18 months until all the water evaporates and you have lithium, I don't know, some kind of lithium salt left behind, along with a whole bunch of other salts because, you know, it's in the ground. They can't just pull one thing out. They pull out everything that's there. So it all goes through a filtering process, and they extract this white gold type stuff that is lithium. Now it takes roughly 550,000 gallons of water to extract one ton of lithium from the Earth. And in Bolivia, there was a particular mine where that 550,000 gallons of water per ton of lithium, well, they use 65% of the neighboring village's water supply in this lithium mine which left the local farmers in a pretty bad place because they didn't have enough water to water their crops, which was mostly quinoa, if you're interested. In uh, in Nevada, here in the United States, where there was a lithium mine, there were dead fish up to 150 miles away from the lithium mine. So you're driving your hybrid... Or electric vehicles because you don't want to hurt the environment but you're killing fish 150 miles away from the lithium mine. Well that's not the only place where lithium has killed fish in China. There was a huge protest over dead fish because it was the third time it happened. These lithium mines pump water into the ground they pull up all this nasty stuff out of the out of the ground and then they just let it evaporate some of it soaks back in the ground some of it gets into the local water supply and it kills fish so the third time that it killed all the fish in the lake i'm sorry in the stream river and near this chinese village the locals got mad and they picked up all the dead fish hundreds and hundreds of dead fish and took them to the to the uh, the offices of the mine and threw them at the offices as a protest in China. So they're protesting lithium mines. So lithium mining, not good for the environment, even though the lithium battery in your car may be. So does that or does that not balance out to being a net positive? Not really sure but lithium is not the only thing in that lithium battery. I told you the other one was cobalt. Well, you know, when you mine metal ores in the world, most of them are pretty harmless. If you go mining for gold, for example, and you find some gold, well, A, you're rich, but B, you can touch it, it won't do you any good. As a matter of fact, you could actually eat gold, it won't hurt you at all. Silver. You can mine silver, it doesn't iron. Iron doesn't hurt you. Well, cobalt, cobalt isn't so nice. Cobalt in extremely low exposure rates is harmless. But in the type of exposure that you would get during mining is very, very nasty stuff. So you don't want to be, you know, mining it by hand, for example. Well, unfortunately, that's exactly what happens a lot. Cobalt is only found in a few places in the world, and the biggest deposit of cobalt is mainly in the uh, the, the Congo, in Africa, the Dem- Democratic Republic of Congo. So much so that if you go to the Congo with a shovel, you can find cobalt. And the cost of cobalt, the value of cobalt, has gone up like 400% over the last few years. So what do you think the people that live in the Democratic Republic of Congo are doing? Well, they're digging holes and mining cobalt. Do you think they have child labor laws in the Democratic Republic of Congo? Well, if they do, they don't pay attention to them. Because a whole lot of children are out digging up cobalt your lithium-ion battery and your laptop and your cell phone and your rechargeable toothbrush. So kids are mining the dangerous metal that is needed to make these batteries all so that you can feel better about how much fossil fuel you're using in your own life. Adding that to the environmental destruction of the lithium mines I'm starting to think that these lithium-ion batteries in these electric and hybrid vehicles might not be the uh, morally superior choice that is you know, forced upon us by our friends over at South Park. But most people don't think about the decision beyond their own. They don't think about what other people have to do to make that happen. They look at the fact that they themselves in their household. Well, they're using less fossil fuels, so it has to be better. People so stupid, people so dumb, people so ooh, ooh, wah, wah, wah. better issues, we're gonna run out of tissues, It's so dumb. People just are dumb. That's all there is to it. Nobody wants to do any research and figure out anything for themselves. Well, I guess that's where I come in, right? Okay, so that's the lithium-ion batteries and how they're made, and two of the components of these batteries that are particularly nasty. Well, what happens to them when they're done? Where do they go? Do they get recycled? Can you take the lithium and the cobalt out of these batteries and make new batteries? Or can you take one or the other out and make new batteries? Well, it doesn't really seem to matter, because according to an Australian study, only about 3% 3% of the lithium batteries that are disposed of get recycled. So 97% of these just terrible industrial waste, I don't know, caustic, tragic, hazardous waste. That's what I'm looking for. It's 97% of these batteries that are considered hazardous waste do not get recycled. Wow. Wow. So all you people that are out there driving hybrids and electric cars, well, I think it's time to drop the whole smug act because there's an awful lot of bad that goes with that stuff as well. This looks like a, a, a decent time to take a short sponsor break. And who better? how, What sponsor could fit this episode better than Patriot Energy? <coughs> Let me tell you about a new company with values that you can really get behind. Patriot Energy is a new veteran-owned company doing solar the right way. Take advantage of government incentives and and cut your electric bill by 30 to 40% while buying your own system with no money down. Support a veteran-owned company, help the environment, and save money. Go to PatriotEnergyAZ.org slash Mojo50 for an estimate. You have choices when it comes to energy. Let Patriot Energy help you make the right choice for you. Patriot Energy, az.org slash mojo50. Patriot Energy, one of the newest sponsors of Mojo 50 Veteran-owned, veteran-operated not pushy. They're there to help you make your decision about solar. Solar can be a good thing but as the people of California are finding out if it's not done correctly it's not as big of a help as you think it is. Now solar panels have come a long way from you know the 1970s when Jimmy Carter put solar panels on the White House which Reagan removed. Because back then, the solar panels that Jimmy Carter had installed, the only thing they did was heat water. So they were supposed to supply the hot water for the White House, and they just couldn't even do that. And so Reagan took them out. Now, solar panels nowadays are smaller, lighter, much better than they were then. And the guys at Patriot Energy can really help you. Figure out whether or not solar is the right thing for your area and for your personal situation. So, uh, PatriotEnergyAZ.org slash Mojo50. Tell them Peter from the Liberty Lighthouse sent you because, uh, well, they're good guys and they're doing a good thing. So, the people in California that I just mentioned. So, here's the deal. If you've got solar panels on your house, you should probably have batteries, because it makes sense to me, if I've got solar panels and I'm generating electricity, I might want to save some of that in batteries. And uh, the people in California apparently didn't think that way when they set it up. Their solar panels tie directly into the power grid. So every year when they've got wire fire, wildfires messing with the lines and uh, the grid... Shutting down because of everybody running their air conditioners and uh, all that kind of stuff. And they do these rolling brownout things. And if you don't have batteries, even though you have solar panels, you still don't have any electricity. Because your solar panel is tied directly to the grid and not tied to you first, then the grid, and no battery backups. That seems a little silly to me. If I had solar panels, I'd want battery backups. I'm not a doomsday prepper or anything, but I want to take care of me first before the rest of the state. So, let's see. don't have a whole lot of time left, so I don't want to get into recycling. But recycling is where we're going to go next with this this, uh, conversation. And recycling can be fun, too, because some of it's good and some of it's not. And we're going to talk about what works and what doesn't work. Check out the MeWe chat room. If you're not there already, go to liberty-lighthouse.com, click the MeWe chat room button. You can chat with me and the listeners as the show is on. And, you know, add your questions, comments, and concerns. Of course, you can always call, text the 64 My Rights number. And I like interaction, so help me out. Give me some feedback. You're listening to Mojo Five O Radio, and we'll be back in about two minutes. You're
0: listening to Liberty Lighthouse on Mojo Five O Radio.
1: Hi, I'm Peter Serafine, host of the Liberty Lighthouse on the Mojo Five O Radio Network. I got my start in politics when I got so frustrated with progressive society that I wrote a short book, "Progress Really." My book is a quick look at the past, current, and future state of progressive culture and progressive government. I urge every liberty loving American to read Progress. Really? Pick up your copy for less than $5 by clicking the Books tab at Liberty Lighthouse.com. What do you need? I mean, really need to protect yourself and your family. A home security system? A big scary dog? A gun? If you're committed to protecting your family, and we know you are, even a reliable firearm falls short of what you need. To keep your loved ones safe today, tomorrow, and every day, you need access to life-saving resources that will help you survive any threat and the legal battle that comes after. That's why the USCCA gives law-abiding people like you the self-defense training, knowledge, and legal protection they need help ensure the safety of their family and future discover what the united states concealed carry association can do for you and your family by visiting uscca.com slash mojo
0: Welcome back to Liberty Lighthouse with Peter Serafine. Join the conversation now. Call or text 64 Rights.
1: Welcome back indeed. And uh, just a little where you stand regarding the contest. Like I said, click the support link at liberty-lighthouse.com to get your name in the hat for the contest on September 30th. Uh, as of right now, there are two supporters. So odds are pretty good for those two people. The rest of you can't win if you don't try. Anyway, so earlier I said in segment two we were going to talk about recycling, and that's what we're going to get started with. Here in the United States of America, we produce about four and a half pounds of trash per person per day. That works out to be 268 million tons of trash a year. Of that 268 million tons of trash, about 94 million tons is recycled or composted or burned for fuel. So that's about 35% of our trash is uh, well, it's dealt with in some way other than ending up in a landfill. 35% is pretty good considering well, we didn't used to do any of this recycling stuff, but... How effective is recycling of the different things? So metal, for example, Uh, steel and aluminum cans, they recycle very well. Uh, It's an easy process. You just melt the stuff down, all the contaminants burn off, and then you've got a usable product that is easily sold to manufacturers. So metal recycling works really well in our country. Glass recycling not quite as well because it's a little more labor intensive. You've got to make sure that you uh, divide the glass by different colors because all of these manufacturers want a very specific color of glass for their bottles, for example. They're not just brown, green, and clear, there's different shades of brown, and different beer manufacturers have very specific specifications. About what color of brown glass they want for their beer bottle, so it's a little more labor intensive. But once you get them all divided up, it's pretty much the same thing: grind it up, melt it down, sell it. Not terribly bad. Paper, paper recycles pretty well. Uh, We we went from you know great with metal to pretty good with glass, and and I'm going to say good when it comes to paper products because unfortunately paper. It's contaminated easily. And then we get to plastics. Plastics are bad. And they're bad for a lot of reasons. For one, plastic is in freaking everything. There's so, I mean, it's literally everywhere. I'm sitting in a room in my basement and the table in front of me has a plastic laminate over the particle board. Um, I have sound deadening material around me that's made out of different kinds of plastics. Of course, my laptop is made out of plastic. There's plastic in my headphones, in my microphone, in my cell phone, in the surge protector, the, just everything. There's plastic everywhere. And That's the way life is. Now, the problem with plastic is there's so many different kinds. There are seven different kinds of plastics that can be recycled, but they can't be recycled together. They have to be separated. Now, looking at, let's say, just a a plastic water bottle or soda bottle, there are three different kinds of plastics just in that bottle. The label is one kind of plastic. The bottle itself is another. And then the cap and the little plastic ring underneath the cap is a third kind of plastic. And they all have to be separated out in order to be recycled. Now, this, I said there's seven different kinds of plastics. Well, there's a really a crap ton more than that. There's seven that we really cite. And if you want to think about where plastic is, I mean, you've got nylons and polyesters in cloths, and furniture, and rugs I mean, all around you. you got polystyrene insulation, or what most people call uh, styrofoam. You've got vinyl in building construction. Got you know vinyl siding and vinyl windows, um, po- uh, PVC polyvinyl carbonate in in pipes. You've got high density polyethylene, like laundry soap jugs is a is a high density poly, uh, polyethylene. Then you got low density polyethylene, which is like your grocery store bags. And then you got polyethylene terra, pripta, whatever, which is uh, the uh, Plastic water bottles, for example. I, I mean, there's just so many kinds of plastics. So when you're home and you're separating out your recycles and you're putting them in the different bins out with your trash or when you're out in the town and you put stuff in the blue bin instead of the green bin or whatever, it makes you feel good. You're recycling. You're saving the planet. Well, MIT expert Andrew McAfee, says that the greenhouse gas and carbon footprint benefits of recycling are very, very small. And he's actually the one that uh, rated the things that said that, you know, metal recycling is great and paper is good and plastic recycling really isn't worth it. Uh, Business Insider reports that half of the stuff that people in Philadelphia put in recycle bins ends up in the land doesn't get recycled at all. And in Chicago, less than 9% of what's thrown away gets recycled, so they're even below the national average. Now, because plastic recycling is so labor-intensive, it used to be shipped to China. Labor's cheap in China, in case you didn't know that. And we would ship tons and tons of plastics over to China and they had all this manual labor to do all the separating and sorting that needed to be done. Well, in 2018, China stopped accepting other countries' trash. They don't want to do it anymore. China couldn't even find a benefit in recycling plastics, so they stopped doing it. Now, that means that, well, there's really nobody recycling plastics right now. So you dividing up your trash and putting it into different plastics, Bins isn't really helping much anybody unless there's some company out there doing it that started and has gotten far more efficient but you feel better for doing it right you don't want to be lectured to by the woke bob you don't want to offend anybody because you didn't recycle
0: we're all triggered
1: and defensive we're all racist and we're sexist we all grew up watching south park how are we offended How are we offended? Well, we all know that there are people out there that are offended by freaking everything. So, do your recycling. Keep separating it out. Do what you can. Um, It's not doing a whole lot of good when it comes to the plastic stuff, but, you know, what are you going to do? Hallelujah, everyone. Activism saved the planet. No more plastic straws and paper, just paper straws wrapped in plastic. Congratulations. And that's kind of what recycling really is. No more plastic straws wrapped in paper. Now you get paper straws wrapped in plastic. These musical sound bites from tonight, by the way, is Tom McDonald. Tom McDonald, has, uh, he's got a couple of really good songs, and he makes a lot of really good points. All of these sound bites I've used tonight are out of his song, new song uh, called People So Stupid. He's got another one called Coronavirus, which is pretty funny. Uh, he's got a few of them. If you haven't heard of them, check him out. Tom MacDonald, M-A-C-T-O-N-D-L-D, not Mick Donald, like the restaurant. So a lot of people are triggered that uh, President Trump took us out of the Paris Climate Agreement. And, well, let's talk about a little bit of why. Believe it or not, the United States is nowhere near the world's biggest producer of pollution or waste at all. As a matter of fact, in the Democratic uh, presidential debates, the uh, then-candidate pointed out that the United States is responsible for 15% of the world's pollution. 15%. So why do we seem to take the biggest brunt of the financial burden of trying to clean up the world? In reality, if you look at carbon dioxide emissions, which I would argue is not really pollution, carbon dioxide is what you expel when you breathe, and it's what plants take in. So I would argue that it's not pollution. But some people say it is, so let's look at that. China produces 28% of the world's carbon dioxide, uh, the United States 15%, India 7 Russia 5 and the whole rest of the world makes up 45%. So 85% of the carbon dioxide emissions in the world are not America. They are not the United States. So how are we supposed to fix it? Why do we have to pay for it? Now, I'm more interested in this next set of numbers. Particulate matter. That's airborne crap that's just floating around in the atmosphere. Now, particulate matter is is measured in micrograms per cubic meter. In 1991, the United States of America ranked 11 micrograms per cubic meter in our atmosphere. The Arab world was at 83 micrograms per cubic meter. India, 75.8. China, 56. South Korea, 28. And Europe, 25. Notice that all of those were much higher than the United States. As a matter of fact, the closest one was Europe at 25. We're at 11. They had more than twice as much stuff in their air as we did. So in 2016, those same measurements were done again, and the United States dropped by 2 or down 19% the Arab world went up by almost 30 or up 56 percent. India went up 27 percent. China went up 16 percent. South Korea went up 12 percent. And Europe went down 20. So the United States and Europe went down 19 and 20 percent respectively. The whole rest of the world went up. Meaning the rest of the world is putting more stuff in the air. Burning more stuff, for example. But again Again, these climate agreements and accords hurt the United States far more than any of these countries that are actually making it worse. We've already gotten better than the rest of them, but we're paying the price to fix the pollution of the world. Do you understand what I'm trying to say here? The United States is not the problem, my friends. We are doing very well at keeping our world clean. We have improved over the last 20 years. We're probably going to continue to improve forever. The rest of the world is getting worse. So all of you woke school advocates out there, you... uh tree-hugging, Greenpeace-loving, save-the-planet people. You need, you're barking up the wrong tree. You don't need to be in the United States making these claims. You don't need to go to Europe and make these claims. You need to go to China and South Korea and India and in the Middle East. That's where it's getting worse. So either go to the places where it's getting worse and yell at them or just get over yourself. The big black world all you will be Get over it. Get over it. Love the Eagles. I told you I was going to save that sound bite and use it again. That's one of my permanent ones. You know what? I think this one's going to be a permanent one, too. People so stupid. People so dumb. People so ooh, ooh, Wah, wah, wah. Get better issues. We're going to run out of tissues. It's so dumb. One. All right, so where uh, I completely forgot where we were. So I'll just move on to the next part. So here's the deal. You want to save the planet? It's a noble cause. Go out and pick up some trash off the highway, and out of the creeks. I used to do that with my kids. We had a, a creek out behind the apartment where they were living, and, and uh, we would walk up and down the creek with trash bags and just pick up trash out of the creek bed. Why doesn't everybody do that every? That would be a big help. You want, are you smart? If you're really smart, then, uh, well, make a better battery. Make a battery that doesn't use rare me- metals that are caustic and hurt the environment just to extract them from the earth. Make a battery that lasts more than 10 years. Make a battery that holds a charge longer. Make a battery that's lighter. These are all wonderful things that would help a lot. Make more efficient and or less expensive solar panels. One of the biggest problems with solar is it's not cost effective for a lot of people. Now the people over at Patriot Energy, they can show you how to make it cost effective. See what I did there? Just tied in one of the sponsors right in the spot of the show where Fit. Solar panels, well, ideally they're great. It's free energy from the sun. But they're still not for everybody. I mean, my electric bill is only like $40 a month. I'm not going to spend thousands of dollars on solar panels to save $40 a month. Another, what, great? Find an effective, efficient, cost-effective way to recycle plastics that would be huge you know when i was a kid probably high school kid i remember a company experimenting with taking old styrofoam and chipping it up and adding it to mixed concrete made the concrete lighter they said it didn't really make it a whole lot weaker like it was a measurable thing um Whatever, man. You're using the stuff. That's awesome. Look around your house for ways to use what you got and reuse what you got. If you can get away without throwing stuff away, find a new use for it, do it. If everybody would do that, that would be a huge impact. Anything that you can reuse or recycle in your own home is inherently more effective than putting it in a recycle bin out on the curb. Because if you think about it, let's just think about, you know, those those uh, bins that you put on the curb, what you put in there. So they send a truck around to your house to pick up that bin, right? What's that truck use for fuel? In my neighborhood, it's a diesel truck. So a big diesel truck pulls up, some guy jumps out, grabs the bin, separates out the stuff while the diesel truck is sitting there idling i might add separates it into different parts of the back of the truck that big diesel truck drives it over to the transfer station and at the transfer station it's further sorted again right there some of it ends up in the landfill then what doesn't end up in landfill what they do decide to continue to recycle It's, you know, compacted into a cube someplace and set aside until they have enough cubes to load onto a train car. Now, you've got tons of waste that's been squished into cubes, picked up by forklifts, put on train cars. And that train car hauls it away to whatever smelting facility or however. Paper mill or whoever's going to do whatever the recycling is. So it goes from a truck to the transfer station, probably back onto a truck to a train car to some other place before it even gets recycled. That's a, you're worried about the whole carbon footprint thing. If you're worried about the fuel consumption, the fossil fuel use, well, anything that you can reuse or recycle in your own house, Cuts out quite a bit of that right there. Reducing consumption in your house might be just as easy as switching from bottled water to buying a a Brita filter thing where you're filtering your own water and you're not using all those individual bottles. Or, it could be like me. I drive to a local dairy and buy milk. That comes in glass jugs that I return to the dairy the next time I need milk. They wash them and reuse them, so I don't have milk jugs in my house. Now, I have to be completely honest with you, that's not why I do it. The recycling side of it, the environmental impact, is uh, is a bonus because I buy milk from the local dairy because it just tastes better. Milk is about four percent fat. I think the milk I buy from this place is like six or eight percent. Oh my God, it's so delicious. if the environment is a big issue to you and you personally want to be a good steward of your planet, there's a lot of really simple little things that you can do. Nothing. You don't have to change the world. Just change your buying habits, mostly. You, know, you buy cereal, buy like the multiple meal, stuff like that that's in a bag that's not also in a cardboard box that simple. You don't have to be a tree-hugging, hippie, green-piece nut, or green party nut job. Just make small, little choices, but if you're an engineer, or just brilliant, there's things that you can do. And You certainly don't have to be a nut job like this. This is all wrong.
0: I shouldn't be up here. I should be back in school, on the other side of the ocean. Yet, you all come
1: to us young people, for hope. How dare you? You. Have How dare you? My dreams, my
0: childhood, with your empty words. And yet, I'm one of the lucky ones. People are suffering, people are dying. Entire ecosystems are collapsing. We are in the beginning of a mass extinction. And all you can talk about is money
1: and fairy tales of eternal economic growth. How dare you? How dare you? Obviously, that was Greta Thunberg or Thunberg or whatever her name was. And I, uh, she, her parents should be brought up on child abuse. That's just insane. You should not be that afraid of the environment. Should you worry about it? Maybe. Should you do your best to be a steward and take care of our planet? Absolutely. Should you go to the United Nations and lecture grown people when you're a kid? No. Should you be so upset about the environment that you're crying over it? Absolutely not. Should governments be making sweeping, dramatic, huge changes to how we do everything? Well, maybe in some countries, but not in the United States. Our emissions and our air quality and our recycling and everything is all getting better. So why on earth does somebody like uh, AOC and the rest of the squad think that we need a Green New Deal where we have to regulate cow farting and you know, ban gasoline cars and build more railroad tracks so that we can get everybody commuting across the country and trains and abandon airplane travel entirely. That's insane. And look at who the biggest climate Activists are. Look at the people who really are vocal about this. People like, you know, celebrities who get on their private jet and fly across the ocean to, you know, wherever it is in Europe that they're having the next summit in their private jet. Uh, Obviously, that's not very. Ecologically friendly, Mr. DiCaprio, for example. Look at, you know, AOC, who was a big proponent of this Green New Deal thing, but she still gets chauffeured around in a massive SUV. Instead of, I don't know, a hybrid. Look at the people who are pushing all of this stuff and think to yourself. Do they really care that much about the environment? Is that really their issue? Or is it just more power and control? Because it's been my experience that anytime anybody is pushing for big government sweeping regulations, it's more about power control than anything else, no matter what the supposed underlying issue may be. People on the left side of the aisle want to say that the uh, you know coal-fired power plants are the worst thing ever. Oh, my God, coal is so filthy. Well, you know, technology's come a long way. Coal-fire isn't anywhere near as dirty as it used to be. It's much more efficient than it used to be. And so many of the environmentalists are horribly against nuclear power. I don't quite understand that. Nuclear power, it, I mean, yeah, there's a little bit of waste that comes with it, but it, it doesn't pollute other than the waste. And it's not really that much waste based compared to how much energy it puts out. So the big Greenpeace initiative stuff and the whole Green Party and the Green New Deal and all things green. I, I don't get it. Should we take care of our planet? Absolutely. Should you work to make sure that you live a cleaner life? Absolutely. Teach your kids. Absolutely. It may that should be in school. Like I remember the, the, uh, litter campaign, the anti-litter campaign in Pennsylvania when I was a kid, and now Pennsylvania's pretty darn clean. I learned something in school. Go figure. But as far as you know, spending thousands and thousands of dollars to put in more efficient windows, well that's up to you. You've got to figure out the return on investment. You have to figure out if that is worth it to you in your situation. It should not be forced upon you. Same thing goes with your your vehicles. You have to decide how much what money you're willing to spend on fuel as you buy your. Vehicle, how long is it going to last you? What's it really worth to you? I mean, I wanted a fuel efficient vehicle, so I got a fuel efficient vehicle. But I still didn't want a hybrid, I didn't want to deal with the battery problems, lack of power. I still wanted a gasoline engine, so I found the most fuel efficient gasoline engine I could find. That was the right choice for me. I guess the overall arching moral of the story is do what you can to make your life cleaner. Don't let other people force it upon you. Don't vote for any moron in government who wants to force everything upon everybody. That's just craziness. That's uh, about all the time we have left, so I guess that's a good place to wrap it up. I feel like I'm starting to ramble anyway. That's never don't forget to click the support link at liberty-lighthouse.com to enter the contest. I'll draw the name on September 30th. You might just win one of these fun and fantastic prizes. Until next week, protect your liberties. Once they're gone, there's no getting the back. God bless America.
0: Thanks for listening to Liberty Lighthouse with Peter Seraphine. Be sure to sign up at liberty-lighthouse.com to download Peter's free ebook from the file share page, and don't forget to call or text 64 my rights to leave comments for the show. That's 646-974-4487.